Have you thought this through? No way will that work. Are you sure? Is there any money in that? You'll never make any money doing that. How are you going to pay the mortgage? Just get a job. You're going to try to tell that? Why can't you be normal like anybody else? All right. Were your parents morons too? Savvy entrepreneur to the rescue! Congratulations, that really turned out well. I'm really good job. I'm really, really. You know, I wish I had thought of that. I never thought of anyone this. How did you do that? I'm so glad you're here. I wish I had the courage to follow my dreams. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Savvy Entrepreneur Show. We're broadcasting here on WLCB 101.5 FM, based in the greater Chicago, Milwaukee area. If you're an entrepreneur or a small business person, or you're thinking about becoming one, this show is for you. I'm Doris Nagel, your host for the next hour. I'm a crazy entrepreneur myself, and I love helping other entrepreneurs. I've counseled lots of startups and small businesses over the past 30 years, and I've also started or helped start at least nine different businesses. I have seen so many mistakes, and you know what? I have made lots of them myself. My goal on the show is twofold. First, to share helpful information and resources to make your journey easier. And second, to inspire you. Hopefully make it a faster and easier journey, and maybe just a little bit more fun. Now, to help with that, every week I have guests on the show who are willing to share their stories and their advice. This week's guest is Jennifer Fortney. She is the president of Cascade Communications, and she's here this week to talk about public relations. Why do you need it? When do you need it? What is it and what it what it isn't? And along the way, we'll also, I think, get into the topic of branding for businesses. Now, a little bit about Cascade Communications and Jennifer. The company has consistently been named one of the top 25 public relations agencies in Chicago, or PR, as a lot of people refer to public relations, and also one of the top PR firms for startups worldwide. She describes her company as a virtual story agency, which I hope we'll get a chance to talk a little bit more during the hour about what she means by that. Jennifer is an author. Her book is called Pitched, a Simple do-it-yourself guide to public relations for small businesses. In her 20-plus year career in public relations and marketing communications, she has executed and managed public relations campaigns for big-time brands, Jim Beam Brands, Hammaker Schlemmer, Harley-Davidson, S.C. Johnson, Got Milk, Kraft, and Sprint. And you may be thinking, well, I'm not a big business like that, but these days Jennifer focuses on a variety of small businesses and startups across the country and globally, helping them generate millions of media impressions. She's a journalism major from the University of Kansas, Rock Talk Jayhawk, Jennifer, and she's worked in broadcast, sports, and in corporate public relations agencies. She's a speaker, guest lecturer, and was the public relations instructor for SCORE Chicago for five years. She's a regular contributor to NBCChicago.com's Inkwell blog, as well as the Chicago Tribune and several other small business and startup media outlets. Jennifer, wow, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thanks for being here today. Well, thanks for having me, Doris. You mentioned to me that Cascade is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. 
how did it all get started and how did you get to where you are today? So that is a great story because I moved here from the Kansas City area after working there and I thought I would come here for about three years and get my feet wet in corporate PR agency world, which was part of my career plan. I knew that I needed to get that experience in order to really round out the career that I could see for myself. And I ended up staying <laughs> and I bounced around to some agencies and what normally happens when there's a, an economic downturn, boy, marketing gets cut, right? So layoffs are not uncommon in our world. And my past agency was going to let me go. And, and one of my clients wanted to hire me and I wasn't really up for that. And so then I went out on my own uh, and they came with me and, and Jim Beam came with me. And so that's sort of how I started my, my agency and, and really uh, got into the food and beverage industry, restaurants, nightlife here in Chicago as the city was gentrifying. It was very exciting uh, and it was very busy. I was one of about maybe seven PR people, independent PR people doing that. So we were all very, very busy. And, and then I decided that I, I really didn't like being so niche. There is a, a time where a reporter will say, hey, I, I need somebody for this story. Who do you got? And I think I have five chefs. Which one do I pick? And mm -hmm. I didn't really like being in that position. So I left that world. I took about a three-week vacation, which was lovely. And I started uh, running into, literally running into these small businesses with great ideas, great products, great stories to tell. And I thought, this is, this is what interests me. This is where I want to be. And uh, today we would call them all startups, right? But mm -hmm. um, the, the small businesses still back then. And it was incredible. I could see how my efforts in generating awareness in the media for these companies was impacting them firsthand. It I'm, really... I'm sure some of it was absolutely game-changing because having dealt with and worked with a lot of entrepreneurs, including myself, I mean, I think at times we're very adrift, not knowing how best to tell our story, right? Yeah, absolutely. And with these people, it could help get them media coverage that, I mean, these, these businesses, even a small wine shop in, in Lakeview became a million dollar business in 18 months. I mean, people are telling me, Jennifer, stop. So, you know, I, I, that, that just, that fueled everything. And that's why I, I continue to work with uh, small business or startups to small enterprises today. Talk a little bit more about your business. Who are your target clients? And how do you help them? So our target, uh, we, we do a little bit of everything. I would say that the bulk of our clientele is mostly startups. We do get on occasion more developed small enterprises that come along. They're usually uh, mom and pop businesses um, that are ready to expand and grow, but they haven't really done any what I would call very smart marketing, right? They don't have a plan. They don't have a strategy. And so we can help them out with that. In the past couple of years, uh, we have expanded to service startups from all over the world. So we have clients in Thailand to Denmark to Turkey, <laughs> everywhere in between. It is not unusual for us to you know, be on an early morning call or a late night call 
outside of our, our regular work just to accommodate them. But it's super exciting to see the technology, the new products, the creativity that's coming out of people and um, the type of entrepreneurs we're, we're fortunate to work with. And, and really for them, their goal is to grow through the credibility of PR. You know, it's, it, there's a saying that I, I always bring up is when you read a, a magazine article or a newspaper article, or you see it on TV, you are almost 10 times more likely to go to the website, learn more, even oh, buy it. Wow right? Because that level of credibility, the person telling the story is a reporter, a journalist, somebody we have a perceived trust with, Mm -hmm. and that we believe that they're not going to mislead us when they give us information. And that is very true. That is their job as traditional journalists, influencers, and people who sort of these contributors, you know, who write for certain places, their ethical um, and perception is a little bit different, but they still, just because of the publication or that you've gotten coverage, or you can say you've been mentioned in Forbes, there's a certain level of credibility that really influences the, the customer. I've wondered this myself, and I certainly have talked to a lot of clients who I think are probably unclear exactly what public relations is. I mean, at one end of the spectrum, public relations is just the image of your company and what people think about you and and their impressions of you. And then at the other end of the spectrum, I think people think, oh, it's, you know, it's maybe writing a press release. What exactly is public relations and what isn't it? Well, if you think back to how it originally was created, one of the pioneers that we attribute the the concept of PR today is uh, Barnum and Bailey's Circus. And what they would do is, what they would realize is that people who are working daily and, you know, getting wages weekly, they weren't saving their money, so they couldn't come to the circus. And so what they did was they said, hey, we're going to send a a forward team, you know, a couple of weeks before we come or a week before we come, encourage people to save their money so they can attend the circus. And they would put up flyers and they would, they would have printed materials that they would hand out. And, and that is literally one of the first concepts of PR, right? And when we do that a lot with events, we want to let people know in advance that an event's going to happen. And then later in really in the, even the 2030s, it shifted into how can you get a corporation into the newspaper with a positive story and use it as a promotional tool? That's really uh, the crux of public relations. It is a journalism-based field. We work with news people every day. So understanding how each outlet works, what kind of um, assets that they need to tell a story, how they tell a story, you know, how TV tells a story is totally different than print or even radio, right? I mean, you've got time constraints in TV and radio broadcasts in general, and in print and a newspaper, you know, they could do um, a long six column story if they wanted. So we have to make sure that we are aware of uh, and have that deep understanding of what is a news story, why is it interesting, helping our clients take their story, making it more interesting, tying it into trends, making it relevant and timely so that it's important now and we can get media attention when we really want to get it. 
The other components are really just tools in the toolbox, right? A press release is part of that process. We don't use them all of the time, but we do use them for search purposes today. We really rely on um, a very solid pitch strategy, telling the story, helping our, our journalists understand what the story is. They don't have time to figure it out. So we really have to give them all the pieces and all the assets. And we just give it to them up front and they can just run with it. The other components of this that people often tie in are things like social media and indeed our, our company or, or business perception, right? Perception is very, very, very important in marketing. It is nine tenths of the rule always and how you portray yourself um, and that perception of that and the psychology, the, the psychological effect that has on customers, right? If they see you on Twitter and you have a lot of followers and, oh, you're funny and, oh, they're cool. So I want to follow. It's all of these um, factors that happen unconsciously within the customer that gets them to engage with you. And that is a little, a bit of that process. What we see is um, communications in general in that engage that direct engagement with the customer typically goes through PR. You know, advertising is still advertising or branding and things like that. And we we do some of that and we have really great people who assist with that. But our real meat and potatoes is the PR. What's the news story? And then how do we tell it across different channels? So we could tell it in video, we could tell it on social media, we could tell in a press release, blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's part of the issue with marketing and public relations and branding in general is that there's just so many potential channels and trying to figure out which one is the right one. Maybe a lot of small businesses and startups think public relations is really for those big fortune 500 companies. Is that right? Is that wrong? Is it different for a startup company or the same, but just at a different scale? Yeah. So in corporate PR with really big brands, we had to create not just a news story, but oftentimes we had to create an event around it. To be honest, sometimes the products are not that exciting. And so we would have to get creative to really develop an idea worthy and interesting to people. When you're a startup, what I like about it is as a journalist, I have the opportunity to tell a story that has not been told yet. Right. And it's exciting and it's different and it's new and media love new stories. Right. And maybe it's part of a, a growing trend and media love that. And I love being part of that. And I love seeing the impact it can have on a business in that way. So yeah, if you're craft, you're gonna, you're probably gonna spend a few million dollars on your PR campaign. If you're a startup, you're definitely, unless you're extraordinarily well funded, which is not likely at a lot of stages, it's going to be a lot less. So our our approach and our focus is really very low hanging fruit media. We want to uh, generate awareness and stories in in media and outlets and with influencers or even the common influencer. Uh, we see that a lot now as well of people who can tell that story and the people who follow that publication or that person 
they are our customer, right? They are the ones who are going to early adopt. They're the ones who are going to buy. And so even though it might be niche or smaller media outlet, and you might not get the impressions, we really focus on the quality over the quantity. If you have more money to spend, sure, we'll, we'll take it, you know, as far as we can take it, but we're always going to advise you on the, on the best approach. If you're a startup, your goal with PR is to drive traffic to your website and generate sales. And we help you do that. I'm listening and thinking as you're talking that one of the challenges, especially with small businesses, I think, is that in order to make sure you have the most impactful, it seems to me you you really need to help the customer, the client think through really who really are your customers and where do they congregate? Where are they most likely to see this or hear this? For some small businesses, I, I think they really struggle with that. I mean, you know, SCORE will tell you the number one reason that small businesses fail is that there's no market need for the product. And that may mean not necessarily that it's a bad product, but that maybe the pitch is off or you're targeting the wrong people or your pricing is off. I mean, it's a whole bundle of things, right? Yeah. I've been doing this a long time. I, I'm, I'm working on another book actually about the reasons why businesses and startups fail. I would venture to say, first of all, if you run a business and you have not sat down and figured out who your audiences are and build out a little demographic information on your ideal customer, you're in really big trouble. That is, that's uh that's something you should have done a long time ago. So if you haven't done it, you better sit down this weekend and do it and get it done because you're yeah. not going to know how to create a message. You're not going to understand. Uh, if you don't understand your customer, how can you understand their pain points right. and then address or communicate how you solve them? Yeah, And, and that's and, really and a big I'm going to jump in and say one of my favorite things that I hammer on is market research. You know, expect that what you're talking about to even be a, maybe an iterative process, like peeling back an onion, the clients you think are going to be your target after you've done a little market research and testing may turn out not to be quite the client you thought from the beginning, right? Yeah, absolutely. We run into this all the time. We have a client we're working with right now. And initially when they started doing their beta testing, they were testing the wrong group. And when I circled back around and said, no, this is your demographic, it, things started to click for them. Sometimes, you know, and I get it. When you're in the weeds of your business and <laughs> you're thinking about your baby. Of us, most of us right? every day. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you're thinking about your baby. It's really difficult to see yourself from the, the outside in. And Oftentimes I'll say to people, well, if you're having a hard time, you need to ask other people to give you their perspective or their point of view on your business or the product, right? And how it could be used. Again, if you don't do these basic things, you're not going to understand really the fullness uh, of your story, the story you want to tell through media, through advertising, social media, any type of marketing. And you're not going to understand all of the things that you'll need to tell that story. Again, we've seen clients that they think that their story is X, Y, and Z. 
They've invested money in videos and all kinds of things. And it doesn't make any sense. Um, it's a complete disconnect. It's sort of, I see more of this is what we aspire and we want this to be our audience, but the truth is it's not. And that is a very, if we didn't have the problem with people not understanding necessarily what their story is or how to refine it, we wouldn't be in business. <laughs> well, that's a good point. If you talk to social media consultants, and there are lots of them out there, and I think some of them know what they're doing and some of them really have not really much idea. I'll tell you as a small business person myself, it's often very frustrating because you may talk to three different social media consultants and they'll tell you three different things. One will say, oh, your, your branding and your logo is really off. You've got to redo that. Or some of them will say, well, what you really need to do is start tweeting more. And as a small business person, it's, I think it's very confusing. And layer on to that, some of these social media consultants will tell you that's really all you need to focus on. They are the be all and end all today in the digital age. And so I'm curious what your response is to that. Nah, I mean, all of these things go hand in hand. The reason why I'm moving Cascade in the direction of not just a PR agency, but as a story agency is because I see the direction of, of this concept of PR, right? As the story, the news story being an integrated property. What that means is once we uncover what that great story is and do a story strategy, then we understand and outline how we're going to use different channels to tell that story. For me, I see it all starting and being driven by PR and creating an integrated marketing program that has a consistency of message, which is really important. That's what branding really is. It's sort of, I joke and say, it's, it's like, uh, you know, taking a brand and putting it on people's foreheads. Right. So as, <laughs> as the, the longer that it's there and the more that they feel it or see it, that, you know, it, it is literally branded on their mind. So one of the things that companies don't do as well, and this is also a failure is they don't have a consistency of message. They just sort of say, Hey, TikTok's hot. Let's go after TikTok. But they don't have a strategy for it. They don't know how to tell their story there. And so, you know, they'll, they'll try it for a few weeks and give up because they think nobody's paying attention when in all actuality, they just don't even have a strategy for it. So we really look at, as we say, here's the story and our focus is generating the PR quality, the credibility that comes from media. And then how do we then amplify those media stories through social media. We scratch our journalist backs by driving people to their story, to their website. They love it. We love it because we get this incredible content that, that builds credibility with followers on social media, maybe creates some engagement. And then it opens the door for additional content for us to come in and uh, really build a community around the company. And then advertising, you know, comes in the back door and, and reinforces those messages. So it's really how they work together. My number one piece of advice for small businesses is don't jump in all at once to everything. Make sure that you have a plan for everything that you do. If you don't understand or have a roadmap for what you're doing on Twitter or with your, your PR, 
then you're going to quit or it's going to fail, or you're going to get frustrated because nothing's happening, but you can't, it's not just something that you decide to do today. I'm going to raise my hand and say, I'm guilty of this because, (laughs) and I'm sure there are others of you out there who are nodding too, because I have heard from a number of entrepreneurs is that your marketing strategy is almost like throwing spaghetti on the wall, trying to see what sticks, you know? So people will go, well, I, you know, I tried LinkedIn and I posted for a while, but I didn't get much traction. So I gave up on that. So then I started tweeting and I went to live tweet and then I did a Facebook group and, you know, it's kind of like you jump around and hope that, something will work. you know. <laughs> well, and here, here's, here's my, rem- my, my remedy for that. If you're doing things and you're not seeing results, it's because you're not doing it right. Or your message is wrong, or it's too self-serving. One of the most important things to understand about social media is it's social for a reason. Nobody wants to go to a cocktail party and listen to someone talk about themselves all night. Right. So you really have to understand the best practices of those channels to to provide content that's going to generate engagement. Um, That's that's meaningful. Everybody's looking for something meaningful. Uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine this morning who has a new book out and he's um, writing some articles and putting things up and he sent it to me and and I said to him, you're selling your book. You know, you need to focus on giving people something meaningful, being helpful, giving advice, tips, something that's really, truly going to impact them emotionally. In marketing, we talk a lot about how do we connect with people in a way that is emotional. It triggers their emotionals, emotional desire for what you, it is that you offer, what problem you solve. You're speaking to helping them, addressing their pain points, giving them some relief, maybe some hope even. And we're going to see a lot more of that as we move out of uh, pandemic. I mean, the, the, the pandemic itself has changed marketing and how companies communicate and people want companies to be more, more active, not just in selling their product, but having a, a greater vision. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting time. It should be. Uh, Jennifer, I need to ask you to hold your thoughts for just a second. We're going to take a quick break for station identification and a word from a few of our sponsors, but stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back with my guest this week, Jennifer Fortney, who's the president of Cascade Communications, talking about branding, marketing, social media, and public relations. Stay tuned. This is Doris Nagel. And you're listening to the Savvy Entrepreneur Show. Our guest this week is Jennifer Fortney. She is the president of Cascade Communications, talking about public relations and when and why you need it and how to use it. You know, Jennifer, before the break, we were talking about, I think, a a really interesting couple of points, actually, that you made. And the first one was that it's important that your marketing, your branding, your public relations really focuses on your customer's pain points as opposed to maybe what you think they should hear or what you want to tell them. And so I want to talk about that in a little more detail because I think trying to find out what those pain points are and really understanding those is an important, really important piece of the, the journey. 
how do you find out really what a pain point is? Because, you know, I'm thinking back to my efforts of starting businesses or working with friends and colleagues to start businesses. And I think, you know, we all start with this idea that people must need this, or they really need it because they're really bad about this, or they, they don't have this. And so they must need this, which may or may not be true, or it might be true, but it may be how you're pitching it. So how do you, how do you really dig into those pain points? When you started a business or your business, you had a purpose. There's always a purpose. Most entrepreneurs would start a business. It, it comes out of a necessity for something. Maybe they've personally experienced something and said, why isn't there something like this? Right. One of our clients is getting ready to launch a, an all-inclusive, like the, the only, the first and only all-inclusive phone app for caregivers to manage the caring for elderly parents. And later we'll tell, we'll break down that story a little bit more for parents with children. And, and so we can keep them in the news and keep stories running from them. But the app itself was developed because the founder was caring for his mother and he was using two or three apps to do it. And he said, I'm a developer and this should be easier. And so when we think about defining pain points, oftentimes it comes out of personal experience. The thing that we look at on our side and most marketers will look at if they're, if they're worth their salt is they're going to ask, why is it meaningful? Why will people care? Why and how is it going to change lives and make people's lives easier, right? And once you start getting into those whys of how you're going to make lives easier, now you're really starting to define a lot of those pain points that people have. And one of the things that we've been working with on this app is saying, well, right now, you know, we came out of a pandemic. And uh, a lot of people were separated from their loved ones and people that they were um, primary caregivers for, myself included. And we needed something that would help facilitate remote caregiving coordination and management. It, that's, you know, a 360 product. I, I kept saying, you, you guys got to get this out sooner. But, um, you know, the developing world, you never know what's going to happen. And when you start beta testing and fixing things, and so what happened too, is that we started understanding that we needed to create a smoother process and a, a smoother user interface for people so that if the concept of the app is to make life easier for people who are caregivers, they're stressed, they have a financial burden, oftentimes of being a caregiver, we're addressing those pain points. We can't give them a complicated app that's going to add to that, right? And so, <laughs> right. Uh, right to make your life easier, I'm going to make this app really hard for you. Exactly, to exactly. So, what we did was then we helped them tell that story that so that it was smoother and easier for them to create a, a nice, smooth user interface face around. So even though we're not developers, our ability to tell the story, to see it from a consumer standpoint, even a personal standpoint, as I, I care for my, now my elderly father, I understand from that perspective, what I would want. And so it was really helpful to be able to tell that story in that component. Everything that you do in your business, and all of us are in selling, right? That's what we do is about telling that story. We talk about an elevator pitch. 
you know, an elevator pitch that's compelling and, and um, creates interest in somebody to want to learn more, to ask questions. That is the crux of it, right? And our job in marketing is to drive traffic to our clients' websites. So we can tell that story. We can define those whys. We can create that emotional connection by identifying and telling them how we're going to solve their pain points. And then they're going to go and they're going to engage. And then we're going to see and look at data from that engagement. So if we drive traffic to the website, and let's say we're talking a little bit more about this new idea of what um, consumers want in their communications, and they come to this website and it's empathetic and we totally get it, it's personal and it makes an emotional connection, then we're successful in converting them into uh, customers. That's obviously the next step. I mean, you can increase your likes and your followers and website hits and reducing page bounce rates and whatever else, you know, metrics you want to use. But I think there's another art form in terms of actually converting customers. You know, that's one where I think probably some outside help and outside mirror with a firm like yours or similar firms can probably be very helpful, right? Yeah. And again, it goes back to identifying those pain points or your whys and telling that very compelling story. Uh, You know, website design has its own approach. PR has its own approach. Social media has its own approach. So how do you tell a consistent story across different platforms using their best practices and how to do that? You know, take it step by step. First of all, you know, if you put up a Facebook page, don't need to be jumping in a TikTok. I mean, that's, you know, some of these, they require so much more work and dedication and production, you know, all of these things that most small business owners don't have that time. So really focus and zero in. If you are a financial planner, you're going to really want to be on LinkedIn, maybe not Facebook, right? I mean, or well, you, you, yeah, you want a Facebook presence because you're consumer facing, but as an expert too, you might be on LinkedIn for the people who the business people on LinkedIn, right? If you have a consumer product, you're going to do well, better on, you know, Facebook or Instagram, maybe even Pinterest than you are LinkedIn. So just because the platform exists, doesn't mean you need to try and put a square peg in a red, on a round hole. <laughs> right. Right. Talk about public relations strategy. I mean, are there certain elements that are common to every good public relations strategy or does it depend on the industry or where a business is in their growth or what they want to accomplish? No, I'm going to repeat myself, but again, it's, it's, I call it reading. It's about your story. If you have a compelling story, if you're telling it in the right way, if you are providing media what they need to tell that story, because they're busier than ever, right? And now they're not working in offices. So we can't just pick up the phone and call them anymore. We're really relegated just to email now. And we're looking at how do we create interactive newsrooms that provide everything that media need, not just for our purposes of of sending them a link, but what if they come across our client and search and search is another thing I I, want to talk about. It is also about understanding your audience, right? Understanding 
where to tell that story. Maybe, you know, if you're, if your audience right now is uh, Gen Z and they're in college, you might put together an, an ad campaign on Spotify's free version where they run ads in between in between segments, right? Because that, that generation is, is there and they don't have a lot of money. So they're, they're normally going to be listening to the free part of Spotify uh, or free product of Spotify. So breaking it down even to that, right. I hope that that's a good example. Uh, We have a baby product. So we're targeting baby publications and um, mommy blogs and things like that. We're not going to be in the New York Times. Everybody wants to be in the New York Times, but the problem is that New York Times is national, international. They cover trend stories. When there's a national trend, that's what they're mostly interested in because that's, that's their duty, right? That's their job is to paint these broad stroke pictures of trends and how they're impacting society. So if you don't have something of that nature, don't waste your time and energy in to try to get into the New York Times. But your goal is to sell the product to the people who are most likely going to buy from you. So I always say stick with a niche. We're we're changing our model towards um, a better understanding of how search plays into PR and communications as well. And so that we have a new system, um, Cascade 360, that I've created that we're implementing that takes that a, a step further. So it's all of these components working together. Let me tell you, it may sound complicated, and, and it is. It's an art and a science, and I've been doing it a long time. But you know, one of the reasons I wrote my book is to help people understand and put together even a basic marketing plan or press release or, or a pitch for media uh, within a weekend, right? And keep it really simple. There's a saying in marketing, keep it simple, stupid, right? And right. sometimes- The KISS principle, right? Right, the KISS principle. And there's so much data. See, everything's data-driven now, right? And everybody wants measurement by data. And there's so much out there and, and that's great. And it's a science and we pay attention to what we need to pay attention to the, um, as far as that goes, but we try not to get too cluttered in that. And I think that that's where people get really confused is the data and they want quantity, not quality. And our job is to say, well, if you want to sell product and you want to get in front of the people who are going to, to be most interested in what you have to sell, you know, and you have a sleeping bag, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go to camping magazine for your new sleeping bag, not women's day. Right. Um, right. And, and right. just or understanding that basic difference. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you talk about your book, can people find that on Amazon? Yes, they can. And in my spare time, if I get some, maybe over the holiday, I'm going to be doing a, a little bit of an update, but it's still is uh, the, the book is quite timeless. Actually, it is really about helping you understand and develop your, your story. And at the end of the day, it is the most important key element to your marketing success and ultimately your business success that there is. So I was going to ask you what the most common mistakes that you've seen small businesses make in terms of their public relations strategies or campaigns. And Mm -hmm. that's probably number one is you're going to answer is saying that 
you haven't developed a compelling story, but um, talk a little bit about some of the most common mistakes you've seen over the years. Oh yeah, absolutely. So to your point, yes. Uh, if you don't have a compelling story, you're wasting your money. And any good uh, PR person that you're going to work with should be advising you appropriately. And if they're not, um, you need to find somebody else. Another reason why I wrote my book is to educate people so that they, they, they understand the process. And if they do hire someone to work with them, they're not in the shadows, right? They, they understand what PR is. They know how it should work. They have some expectation and they can provide direction uh, to collaborate with the person that they hire. I think so many people are confused about PR that anybody could come in and say, well, PR is Twitter, like you had mentioned earlier. And it's really not. It's a, it, Twitter is a component, but it's the P, Twitter is not PR PR, right? So uh, mistakes. The idea, this is still floating around, and it's very interesting to me. The idea that press releases are a strategy, that is not true. And it's never been true. Putting out press releases for the sake of putting out press releases is a bad strategy. I call it the crying wolf strategy. What I've seen companies do is they'll say, well, we've been sending out three press releases every month for six months and nobody's paying attention. Well, yeah, because you're now people have tuned you out. Journalists are saying, you know, we're getting these press releases, which aren't really newsworthy. There's nothing press release worthy there. So it's clear to us that, you know, they're just trying to get our attention and, and they'll start tuning out. Now, what happens when you have something actually um, valuable to say? They're not going to listen. So I really advise people do not use press releases and do not spam media unless you really have something of value to say. But there's probably people at the other end of the spectrum who are like, well, I'm not sure anybody really wants to know about that. Who cares about that? Uh, you know, I'm not merging with AT&T, so no one cares. So why should I issue a press release? I, I'll bet there's people on the, at that end of the spectrum, too. Yeah, well, press releases are not everything. I mean, again, we don't use them all the time. It depends on the client. If they want us to put something out, we will put it out. But again, that press release is really for search purposes. And we pay. We, we use services that uh, post and deliver that press release to interested journalists. But I can tell you, we do not see the kind of response or interest from media that from, from press releases as we used to. Really? We purely, yeah, we purely use them for search purposes. That means that they live on the service website. Uh, that website is a high authority, high ranking website because it has a lot of content. So if somebody is searching for something and they might come across this press release and discover our client, we do not, and I, I do not tell my clients to have really any expectation. The, the only difference is if it's really niche, like food industry, if you're, if you're putting together press releases and, and you're sending them directly through uh, an industry association to your audience, uh. you're probably going to get more interest from trades and trades are, and B2B media are always going to be a little bit more interesting. But again, you have to cater the story in that direction. 
Um, if you have a consumer facing story, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. We have companies that have uh, physical products that we don't do press releases for. We rely on uh, pitches and communication directly with media and using assets like video and graphics to help tell that story and, and, and get them interested in, in the product. So it, it comes down to a couple of things. I know, you know, startups talk about press releases a lot because investors talk about press releases. Oh, a lot. yes, exactly. Investors love press releases. They love to see it up on the wire, even if it doesn't get any pickup. And, and really, when you post it on something on a, a service like PR Web, you're really paying for them to post it and share it on their partner websites. It doesn't actually mean that it, it exists in a searchable platform on these websites. I will tell you if it pops up on Bloomberg or, or they, they give you a report and it says you're on our market watch. And then you go and you search your company name and market watch, you're not going to see the press release in search. Oh, how interesting. Um, wow. At that point, you'd be better off spending your money doing advertising or something. Right? That I don't want people to spend money and then be upset. Um, definitely help you understand and set some expectations of how that works. Boy, uh, other mistakes. So um, the reason why I've been moving Cascade into more integrated is because I'm going to use one example story for you, and I think it'll be helpful. Um, We had a client, and I had been really encouraging them to update their website for some time. It was very dated platform, and I had gotten them uh, into a segment that was going to air on the Today Show. And we had about three weeks, almost a month's notice before that segment was going to run, which is very, very rare. And I said, okay, now is the time. Let's redo the website. They said, no, traffic on the website. There were about 250,000 people who visited the website and two people bought. So I thought to myself, okay, our job is to generate awareness to drive people to the website. But if the website is, is not converting, if it doesn't match the story and the expectation of the story in which they've learned about the product, if it doesn't communicate that same story, it's going to fail. And um, we say a lot in storytelling and advertising, if, if something is not working, it's your message or it's the outlet in which you're telling it. In this case, their website was not meeting the expectation of consumers coming. It did not effectively tell the story. It did not get people in. And so at the end of the day, I did our my job in getting them booked on that segment. Um, and they didn't want to pay us because they were expecting to sell a lot of product through the hit and then pay us. Um, so I began to say, look, we really have to look at this from a 360 point of view. We're, we can go out and do our job, and a lot of PR people do, but if we're not ensuring uh, and being responsible, ethically responsible, to ensure that the su- success of that campaign is truly valuable, then we're not, re- we're not doing our job, and, and chances are I'm not running into a situation where we're not going to get paid again. You know, I've got a team of people I work with. So, Well, not, not only that, but frankly, it reflects on your brand as well. When somebody goes on the Today Show, but then they're associated with you. I mean, that's not good. And it makes for very frustrating clients. There's nothing worse 
I can tell you, having been in professional services for a long time, there is nothing worse than clients who, you know, ask you for advice, you give it to them after having year, you know, training and years and years of experience, they don't take it. And then they get mad. It's like, well, you know, those are just, they're bad clients, mm. frankly. In my second book, when I find my free time, uh, I've already started it. One of the reasons small businesses really fail, you know, we hear this hire people or bring on people who are smarter than you. And a lot of them do a great job. I've seen leadership teams in startups that are really impressive, yet the CEO doesn't listen to any of them. Mm-hmm. And that is a real, real problem. And it, it all comes back to trust and understanding it may be your baby, but you've got to learn to take your hands off the wheel and, and trust others to drive for a while. That's why you're bringing them on because it's impossible for you to, to handle every aspect right. of your business. You right. need to focus on Maybe you need to focus on manufacturing and vendors or um, shipping, right? Or um, inventory or other logistical types of things. Maybe you need to focus on investors, which is in of itself a full-time job to get funding for, for your business. So you've got to trust these people to do what you're asking them to do and why they're, they're involved in your companies because they believe in you. Well, I I think that's a great kind of wrap up question, which is what are the things you should really think about when you're hiring a public relations, branding, media, marketing, consulting firm? And I guess the flip side is, is how do you know whether you have a client that's a good fit? Because I think part of the other side of the equation of making sure that the relationship is good is that although it's very hard for those of us in professional services, probably we all regret the client we did take that we probably should have said goodbye to, (laughs) you know, so comment on that a little bit. Yeah. It's like dating. Right. And, and I think, you know, when you're not single for a long time, we forget what dating is like, but uh, I, I, I do. I, I treat it like dating. I am equally interested in what the company is doing as well as uh, the person doing it. I want to know that I'm working with good people who are smart, who get it. Um, we, you know, if, if, if you are uh, fast talker, arrogant, salesy, uh, trying to sell me in, I'm not likely to do business with you. Usually that's a red flag to me to say um, that they, they, they can't, they don't have any money and they probably don't have a product uh, and this is going to be a nightmare. So I tend to stay away from individuals like that. If you are if you're authentic and genuine, which is what all of marketing and, and every consumer wants from their companies, as well as their CEOs these days, you're going to, you're going to be better off for us. Um, we also look at where you are in the stage of your business. So right now we have several companies that have contacted us very early days for them. Uh, as some of them don't even have an MVP yet but they're smart enough to understand that they're looking ahead to build, to building their team. And so it's interesting to have conversations with them. 
However, you know, obviously we're not going to take them on. We also understand that uh, a lot of these um, companies are trying to do Kickstarters and uh, crowdfunding campaigns are notoriously difficult to get uh, any good PR for because um, there's so many out there. And the only ones that I can tell you that we've really had great success for have either been pet related or they've been driven by a celebrity of some sort and they're people that the media want to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. And so then uh, we also look for, um, obviously we're concerned about funding. You know, we, uh, we are not, we do not work for our, uh, a minimum wage, um, but we are <laughs> veterans in what we do and we tend to be more efficient. We're not the most expensive uh, agency and, and we're not going to, you know, we can't get you uh, a lot of media for 500 bucks either. So it's a balance uh, uh, that we really um, look for. And there have been some disappointing times where there have been some great products some great ideas and, and they've never been realized and we would have loved to help them out, but they just didn't, they weren't able to afford us. Um, so we, it, that's a disappointing part, I think, is when people are excited about their ideas and, and they don't come to fruition. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, the entrepreneurial world is filled with that. Jennifer, the time has really flown by. I want to ask you to share with listeners how they can reach you if they're interested in learning more about Cascade Communication Services or they want to chat with you about public relations and, um, you know, you know, or maybe they want to talk to you about your book uh, or your upcoming book. So uh, what's the best way for folks to reach you? Well, you can do a quick Google search for Cascade Communications or Cascade PR, Jennifer Fortney. Uh, you'll find us very easily that way. Um, and all the information is on our website. I will, in full disclosure, admit that the shoemaker's daughter does not have shoes. Uh, we have been... <laughs> In the process of updating our own website for 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 several months now, and uh, it is not done. But so there's a lot of information on there. Try not to be too overwhelmed. I promise when the the new version comes out, it'll be uh, much cleaner and simpler. And that that website again is it's cascadecoms.com. Uh, but the easiest way is just to search for Cascade Communications. Gotcha. Uh, or gotcha. Cascade Communications PR. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, Jennifer, thanks so much for being on the show this week. I really appreciate your insights. It's a challenging, challenging um, set of issues for lots of startups and small businesses. And frankly, making the right decisions can make or break your business. It really can. And, you know, this conversation can continue to go on and on and on. And Certainly, as far as tips and advice, I, I wish I could help you you all more, but I will say my blog has a lot of information on it and, and answers a lot of questions. If that can be of service to you and, and give some enlightenment and, and help, um, I certainly invite you to, to read that. Uh, one of the things I, I try to do is be helpful and provide good information. Um, so this was a nice, I think, overview. Thanks, Doris, for having me on. I'm, I'm always... Um, I, always wanting to be of service to others. So this is helpful. Well, great. Thanks again for being on the show, Jennifer. It was, I learned a lot and it was uh, great having you. That's our show for this week, folks. Thanks so much for listening. 
And thanks especially again to my guest today, Jennifer Fortney, president of Cascade Communications, talking about public relations and the whole suite of related issues surrounding public relations. You can find more helpful information and resources on my website, which is globalocityservices.com. I'd always love to hear from you. My door is always open for comments, questions, suggestions, or just to shoot the breeze. Email me at dnagel at lakesradio.org. I promise you'll always get a response from me. Now, be sure to join me again next Saturday at 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern. But until then, I'm Doris Nagel, wishing you happy entrepreneuring.